Welcome, gamblers. You are listening to the first episode of Red Hot Takes. Uh, this is take 194, and I'm not lying when I say it's take 194. We have been sitting here all day trying to do this. I am your host, Tyler Jacobsmeyer, and sitting to my right is my co-host, Jared North. Jared, you're so fucking tired of trying to do this intro. You just want to give a pick. Is that right? <laughs> That's all I want to do right now, actually. And here's my first pick is Michigan State minus two in the first four games against UCLA tomorrow. My reasoning behind this is very simple. I think UCLA plays in one of the weakest conferences in the country in the Pac-12. Michigan State is playing has played in the Big Ten, and they've just kind of getting roughed up game in, game out, battling every night you know, playing some of the best teams in the country. And I think Tom Izzo is using this kind of as a leaping board into the tournament saying, Hey, we're here. We've made it. Let's make something out of it. We're zero and zero now. And let's try to win tomorrow. And then let's move on from tomorrow and let's try to make it to the sweet 16. Yeah, I completely agree. You know what they say? January, February, Izzo, April, May. <laughs> One of the <laughs> stupidest fucking jokes. I've said it like a hundred times today. I, yeah. I've heard, the, I've heard that at least four, four or five times tonight. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get right into our futures now. Uh, we went over to Illinois yesterday with the whole mindset of, hey, I'm housing Illinois. We had a great weekend this weekend, hit a lot of bets. I'm taking all those winnings. I'm putting them on Illinois to win the whole thing. Guess what? We get over to Illinois. You're not allowed to bet on teams that are inside Illinois in Illinois. So no Illinois, no Loyola of Chicago, no Cubs, no Bulls, nothing like that. We're not getting any sister gene this year. Um, but I love Illinois. Still threw them on an offshore account. I got... Io DeSumo, he's probably going to win the uh, MVP this year in the NCAA tournament. I'm going for it right there. I'm saying it. I think he's unbelievable. The mask, he looks like Batman out there on the on the court. Maybe and, some Rip Hamilton vibes yeah, here and some, there. Yes, exactly. And then I love his counterpart, Andre Corbella, who came in when he got injured and just completely blew up on the scene. He can do amazing moves with the ball. He's does the passes that like just spin around people's legs. And you're just like, how did he just get that ball wrapped around that guy's leg inside? It's just unbelievable. He's a grinder on defense, just ripping the ball away from guys all the time. What do you think North? Well, I think you kind of mentioned, you, you forgot to mention one of the big men in the middle. I think Kofi Cokeburn is a real reason that you need to talk about Illinois. I think mm -hmm. he just knows how to rim run really well. He protects both paints extremely well. He, he kind of wins the, the points in the paint, which is a big deal. He can make hook shots over his left shoulder and his right shoulder, which is going to be a big deal. Um, I really think that he is, you know, an X factor when we talk about it. But, you know, the biggest X factor that we have here is Trent Frazier. I think Trent Frazier is an underrated part of this team. He has been there for four years now. He started with Coach Underwood. He understands, hey, I may have to take a lesser role. I may have to do less. But also saying do less, it means he's doing more. He's guarding the other team's best perimeter ball handler. He might not shoot the ball all game. But, hey, with under four to go, you need a bucket. I put my hands in Trent. I put my trust in Trent Frazier. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. Like if I was his, like being twenty, like a year or two ago, like if someone came up to me, I was shooting fifteen to twenty shots a game, and they asked me, "Hey, you got to go play more defense, but you're not going to get the ball as much on offense." I would not be happy. But he's accepted that role completely. He's the whole heart of the team. I absolutely love him. And like you said with Kofi, if he plays like he played against Luca or Luke Garza. He will, I mean, he absolutely dominated. He made Luke Garza look like a boy in that tournament. It was unbelievable. Um, the next uh, future that we got, I absolutely love this one. It's a massive value for me. I'm taking LSU plus 7,000 to win the whole thing. They got some of the most 
like popping NBA talent in the entire NCAA tournament. Trenton Wadford, absolute dog, destroyed Alabama on the boards and just inside on the paint. Cameron Thomas can shoot it outside the gym. Javante Smart, same thing, shooting it outside the gym. And then the X Factor, Darius Days, if he scores over 10 points for them, they're 18 and 0 this year. So just watch that ticker. If he's over 10 points, you can cash that ticket. I love the value on that pick, but I'm going to tell you right now, I do think the toughest the toughest game that they're going to play is probably that opening round game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I do agree. I think that St. Bonaventure game is going to be a real challenge for them. I think that they're going to test them on both sides of the ball. And hopefully, if, if the game goes the way that they hope and the tempo stays the way that LSU wants to play, it's going to be the first one to 80. And that's the most important part. And that's the way they want to play all tournament. 100%. Uh, the next team I really like is Alabama. You know, they looked absolutely unbelievable. They took everyone's best shot in the SEC tournament and just still got through. You know, John Petty, even though he was unable to make any threes, he was like four for 21 in the last two games. They were somehow able to find a way to win without him. Herb Jones, Defensive Player of the Year, SEC Player of the Year. Last person to do that was who? Anthony Davis, who, if you don't know, might have, might have been the star of the 2012 Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, your boys? Yeah, I think they won a national championship that year, if that's correct. Yep, took the took the uh, fifth most shots on the team, kind of similar to Herb Jones. They play very similarly in the fact that they are, for their team first, they play defense, and that they kind of take the, what the game gives them, and they and they play you know, through the team, not just not just for themselves. They're actually both the fourth leading scorers on their basketball teams. Anthony Davis was the fourth, and Herb Jones is the fourth. So another little similarity there for you. Well, another thing I love about Bama, and I also took Bama to – not not to win, but Bama to make the Final Four. I think that's one of, if not my favorite pick, it's one of my top two or three um, of the opening weekend. Um, another reason why I really love them is Villanova transfer Javon Quinterly has just really kind of came into his own off the bench. He's kind of understood his role. He, he in the SEC tournament, he averaged fifteen point six points a game, and I, I just expect for him to continue while Josh Primo is out and understanding his new role. And I think he's really enjoyed it. And I think um, Nate Oates has really been given has really given the team a, a ton of freedom and a ton of uh, confidence. Yeah, Nate, Nate Oates is a great coach. Really fun to watch him say, get the fuck out of here to the LSU entire team. That was pretty cool. Uh, the last future I got is Oklahoma State. You know, I got to take them plus 2,700. You got to throw a little money on the best player in the country. He can win you any game at any time, down three, one minute left. He's going to hit two big shots at the very end of the game to win you that game. So as long as Avery Anderson – and uh, Isaac Likely and guys like that can stay good and play well and just kind of keep the level water. Cade Cunningham's going to come in at the end of the game and close it out for him. So I do love Oklahoma State plus 2,700. Once they reach that Final Four, you can start the hedge basically with all those bets, except for the Illinois one. Once they reach that Final Four, or even Elite Eight, you kind of get that hedge area. Um, after that, uh, I think the only other future we got i have oregon final four run plus 2500 you know that whole roster is still there from the 2019 team that barely lost to virginia by four and i think they're about to come out chris duarte absolute baller scoring like 16 points a game uh eugene amorier also an absolute baller anything else you like about oregon 
besides it from the Pac-12, I love the pick. Yeah, I mean, I know you're not a Pac-12 guy. I think the Pac-12 has a little bit more than you might think. You know, they got Colorado, USC, Oregon State look pretty good. I mean, not great, but I think they might be a little bit stronger than some people might suggest. I guess the tournament will tell us this opening weekend, right? Exactly, because, you know, everyone loves the Big Ten so much. I actually think the Big Ten might be a little bit overrated, but we'll get into that next week a little bit once we see the results. Uh, For this week's games, we just got to go through our top five picks. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, I will. And it's kind of funny you talk about the Big Ten being overrated because three of my picks will be from the Big Ten. (laughs) My my first one is Rutgers minus one and a half against Clemson. To be honest, I've been trying to figure it out since the lines came out why this game is so close i'm just not sure when you really break it down clemson plays great defense and i understand that but Rutgers, their record is not what they say they are they they play in the big 10 they you know they might have a, a three-game stretch of michigan illinois and then they got to go on the road to play ohio state i mean i don't know very many teams that are going two and one or three and oh in that type of environment um so for them i i think this game is pretty simple i think that they're going to play very fast i think that geo baker and ron harper are going to kind of control the tempo and keep the game kind of at a i i, I kind of foresee it being a five to ten point game the whole time um a guy that i really think is going to bring a lot of energy for rutgers is going to be jacob young if you haven't watched him yet he's an unreal basketball player he's so much fun to watch he gets up and guards real well he also runs the floor he's kind of their lead guard who throws alley-oops to their big guys and their big guys kind of hang on the rim so kind of look out for Rutgers not only in this game but also kind of making some noise maybe in that two game um in the round of 32 as well yeah they'll probably be playing Houston I would assume if they do come by I know I said I did not like the Big Ten at all but I actually hate Clemson more so I probably will be following that pick. Clemson being a seven seed makes no sense. Georgia Tech's a nine. Georgia Tech won the ACC. Clemson just like I don't understand where they got a seven from. I think they're way overvalued, and I'm gonna definitely be riding Rutgers this week. Which I think that's gonna be where a lot of our value comes from. Is kind of I think the seed makers kind of struggled this year round, and I know it's kind of been a subject talking about, but I don't understand how that you undervalue the SEC the way they have, but also. You know the ACC champion. I don't think they watched yeah. any of these weekend games. I, I think they made. I think they made the brackets before the tournament games. Because like, how do you put Florida as a seven seed and LSU as an eight seed? That well, doesn't make any sense. Well, when LSU looks ten times better, I understand maybe their head to head might not be what you would look for as a seed maker. But I just, you know, in my opinion, I really think that game and those seeds are just really struggling. And I, I think the Rutgers Clemson game is going to really show that. Yeah, me too. Um, my game that I really like, uh, I'm a big fan of Winthrop, Winthrop plus six and a half and money line. You know, they got 11 players on that team that play 10 minutes or more. Villanova only has seven players on their team that play 10 minutes or more. And one of those was Connor Gillespie. So now they're down to six. They shoot the ball. Well, I expect them to go out there and just run up and down the court as fast as possible to try and tire out Villanova's six players that start the most of the time as much as possible. And therefore, that's why I'm taking Winthrop plus six and a half and money line. I will be telling you on that six and a half. I will probably buy it to seven just because I like to take a push if I get it. Um, I will not be taking that money line. I, I do not see Winthrop taking that game, but I think it's going to be a, a last possession type of game. I think that's one of those games where Jay Wright might be able to coach his way to like a sneaky W. But if they do win, I can't see it being by more than two or three. So I'll be throwing two units on Winthrop. Uh, uh, went up spread, yeah, plus, plus six, six and, and a half. half. Probably buy it to plus seven, like you said, and then I'll throw a unit on money line. Okay, and so my next pick is Syracuse plus three against San Diego State. Um, 
when I when I go through tournament games, I, I really like to look at and see what teams play a different style than just your man to man or your your up tempo type of style. Um, and I like to find those games because those are really hard to replicate in practice. I, I don't think that San Diego State has six 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 seven six eight wings that they can throw on on the sides that Syracuse is gonna is gonna give them for forty minutes. Um, I, I think they might struggle against the length. Um, another thing that I really think they might struggle against is just the firepower of a Buddy Beheim and Joe Girardi get going from three. I think it's something that nobody really talks about, but when Syracuse gets going and they get to that 70, 80 range, they're very difficult to beat. Not to mention Jim Beheim's a Hall of Fame coach, and I think that that game is might be might be out of San Diego State's range. I, I think giving them plus three is crazy i think if they lose it could be a one or two point game yeah you know i'm a big syracuse guy um my love for syracuse and them winning me money might take over and i'll probably end up taking syracuse plus three year on the money line but the the brain part of me says to take san diego state i've watched a lot of syracuse this year they're just they're really inconsistent they're, they they struggle to score sometimes if the shot's not hit and they don't really have a guy that can go out there and like create his own shot just right off the dribble they need they got a lot of shooters but not someone that just like creates right off the dribble don't don't we love inconsistent teams in march though i know aren't those aren't those the teams teams are the teams that get the hottest i know i know um my next pick i'm taking colorado i'm buying a point down to minus four and a half you know everyone's on the georgetown hype i was on the georgetown hype last weekend i said i was betting georgetown this weekend until i saw that they were playing uh colorado you know, McKinley Wright, he scores 15.5 and uh, has four rebounds a game. He's just an all-around unbelievable player. They just are a really, really good team, and I think they just have too much talent on that team for Georgetown to beat. They're ranked, uh, Colorado's ranked 30th in offensive efficiency and 42nd in defense, and Georgetown does not crack the top 150 in either of those categories. So at this point, I just see talent taking over here, and I'm taking them. And not only that, but if they're up like three points at the end of the game, being an 82 to 83% free throw shooter as a whole team, the best ever in the NCAA also helps. Probably should buy a half point because I probably just fucked myself by saying that. <laughs> what I will say, though, with that, though, is I, I, I love Georgetown just because I think they're the team in March. I, I just do. I, I watch, We watched them last week. We actually bet at Seton Hall against them, and I texted TJ about two minutes into the game, and I go, we bet against the team in March, didn't we? Yeah, and then we bet Georgetown the next day. Did hit a massive money line. That was huge. Also hit Oregon State money line that night. That was huge. Uh, what's your next pick? So my next pick is UC Santa Barbara plus seven against Creighton. Um, my main reason for this pick though is I love Oregon State transfer Jakari McLaughlin. I I think that he understands what it takes to beat a Power Five school, which is something important. I also think that this team really has nothing to lose, which is going to come into play in a lot of these games. A lot of the four thirteen five twelve games, you'll see a lot of teams that just they have nothing to lose. They're out there just playing. If they lose, it's they're supposed to. And I think this is a, a, just the biggest example of that game. And I think this game's going to be very close, kind of wire to wire. Creighton just tries to outscore you. They really don't play very well uh, defensively. They don't really have a rim protector. I know Kalkbrenner comes in and plays, gives them 10, 15 minutes a game, but he's a freshman. He, he kind of is shaky at times. I, I just think this game is going to be very close, and I think giving seven points is, is just too big of a value. Yep, I, I agree. I do like UCSB on that. Um, we are agreeing on a lot of picks this weekend. That usually does not turn out well at all, but we are going to keep riding them. I like LSU this weekend, minus one and a half against St. Bonaventure. I have to take them. I went on my whole rant about how I'm taking them to win the national title. Um, they have 
the most talent, like I said, and at this point, I just think that talent is going to take over against St. Bonaventure. You know, St. Bonaventure is a really, really good basketball team, but as long as LSU shows up and is making their shots, I just think they got too much firepower for St. Bonaventure to handle. I like that pick a lot. I know it, I kind of rode the Bonnies last week, and I, I, I enjoy watching them play, but I don't, I'm don't. i not sure that they can stick with the firepower. I'm going to be interested in that game to see what the tempo is. If that, if that game's fast-paced, I, I don't see them sticking around, but if they can kind of make that a dogfight and keep that in the 60s, I, I really kind of like the chance of the Bonnies. Um, it's really just going to dictate what, what tempo the game is, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, if it's in the 60s, I would say definitely probably going towards the Bonnies, but if it hits the 80s, that's definitely LSU's way. So just going to be score watching. Also, like I said earlier, Darius Days, I'll be watching that score. If he has eight in the first half, I'll be feeling great. Maybe even if they're down, maybe we'll get a second half live bet, exactly, right? Exactly, for sure. All right, my next pick is Maryland plus three against UConn. Um, my, my main reason behind this one is – uh, around Maryland, a lot of the, the sources and outlets are talking about how they're getting tired of Mark Turgeon um, winning one game in the tournament and kind of getting bounced and that he might be on the hot seat. A lot of these guys have been with him for three, four years, and obviously they can say that they don't hear it, but everybody knows they hear it, and everybody knows that he might be on the hot seat, and I think they're going to play really hard for him. Um, UConn doesn't, has, struggles to score at times. I know they got Book Knight back, but if you're able to keep him under control, I think that Daryl Marcel and Eric Ayala are two guys to really watch and see what they can do. Another guy that is really interesting to watch, and if he gets going and if he does what he's supposed to do, and Dante Scott, I think this game could not only just be a, a win for Maryland, but a pretty a pretty um, substantial win. Yeah, I I uh, I kind of like that, but going off my whole, you know, I like to have the best player on the court. I would say I would personally maybe be taking UConn in that game. Um, I know they got. Book, book night and then they got that other point guard the lefty i don't know his name do, do you cole know? uh kj cole yeah kj cole yeah he's a great player he can shoot the ball pretty well uh, my next pick i have ohio playing virginia uh, ohio plus seven uh jason preston absolutely great player can shoot the shit out of the basketball the team as a whole shoots really well and you know virginia runs that pack line defense they're going to allow you to shoot the three. They're going to let, if you make the three, you might be able to beat them. That's why um, UMBC was able to beat them a couple years ago. And so, like, if they're just going to let you live off that. And I think Ohio might be able to live off that long enough in this game to not only take the spread, but also, this is another one, I will be taking the money line as well. You know, I, li- I like how you take the money lines, but this is another game I, I really do. I-, I like the spread. I think the spread's too big. I think the-, the pace that Virginia wants to play it, they want to grind you out. They want this game to be a 64-52 to 52 game. That's what, they- that's what they're looking for. Well, that wouldn't hit the spread, so that would really suck. Well, I'm just, all I'm saying is that that's the way they want to play, and if you can somewhat make a couple shots here and there, a seven is too big of a spread. I think more of like a four, four and a half would be what I would have made it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think I'm getting a couple extra points here, especially with some of the players that Ohio has. Jason Preston might be the best player on the court when that game starts on he's, Saturday. He's going to believe he's the best player. If you haven't watched him yet, he's an awesome player, and he's yeah. a treat. Um, my last pick is Purdue minus seven and a half against North Texas. Really for this pick, I really just don't know how North Texas is going to handle Travion Williams and Zach Eady. They kind of um, play play off each other. One comes in for five minutes, the next one comes in for five, and they just wear you down. Um, North Texas has only one player that they play substantial minutes over 6'6", six, six, and I'm just not sure if they have the depth in the front court to actually hang with Purdue for a long enough period of time. Another thing I really like about this pick is I, I'm kind of leaning towards taking the first half because I, I think that 
Matt Painter is going to really, really zone in on throwing the ball in, into Travion Williams and Zach Eady the first five to ten minutes, get some foul trouble, and see if he can't run them out the gym early in the game. Yeah, if Travion Williams can do what he did against uh, Ohio State to them, he'll they'll dominate. They'll beat him by like 30 points because what he did to Ohio State was disrespectful. He was just dominating that whole game until they took him out in overtime and then they couldn't score. But I was also completely wrong about North Texas on Saturday, so we will have to see. Yeah, that that is a large money line that you miss. You have a reasoning for doing that a lot. Uh, my final pick that I am taking is UNC. I'm taking a minus one and a half. And, you know, I'm really just taking this one off of athleticism. I think that they're just going to win because they're more of an athletic team. Caleb Love hopefully can step into it a little bit, become a little better than he has been throughout the year, maybe a little bit more consistent. Uh, Garrison Brooks, good big man. Matthew um, or Walker Kessler, Matthew Kessler or Walker? Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler. Sorry, I got my names mixed up there. Walker Kessler. He's just he's a real key factor. He's really started to step it up in the last like six or eight games there at the very end of the season. Cooled off in the uh, ACC tournament a little bit, but if he can catch that back, I think they got a great chance to maybe even make a little bit of a push after uh, the one seed that they play in the next round. I really like that pick. The one thing that I will say about Wisconsin is that they are a very old basketball team and they do understand the moment very well. Um, the big thing that I'd watch in that game is the is the points in the paint and foul trouble because I don't think Wisconsin has the depth to handle for the four bigs that UNC is going to throw at them. Oh, yeah. And then we just got a couple other games. They're not our picks, but uh, I am going to be taking them because I'm picking every single game, but this just does not count towards the uh, the record. I will be taking Moorhead State, Moneyline, and also spread. Moorhead State played uh, Belmont, who I think was North lock of the year this past like week or two. Uh, he threw like minus well, like minus two dollars minus two eighty. Yeah, minus two eighty through two eighty on him. They got blown out by twenty. I bought in second half because he told me they were going to come back. They got blown out even more. Morehead State looked like a group of dogs. I'll be interested to see how they can play against West Virginia. I know West Virginia is just a killer of small teams like this. So especially the OVC teams. I, about two years ago, I came up to TJ and I was like, "Hey, man, we got to take Murray State against West Virginia. They got John Morant, NBA player." He's a great player. They're going to keep it close. I think they got beat by 20. So we're going to see again. This is another OVC team. We'll see We'll see if they can stick around with them. Yeah. Um, another game that we got here, uh, the Loyola-Chicago-Georgia Tech game. You know, Loyola-Chicago is getting bought down a whole bunch. And I'm really just excited to watch that one because I want to see Loyola-Chicago play Illinois. I don't really know if I have a bet on it. I guess I would say Loyal Chicago money line, but I'm just I really want to see that Illinois Loyal Chicago matchup. In one of my long shot parlays over in Illinois, I actually got Loyal Chicago at minus one and a half. Um, unfortunately, now they're at minus five. I don't see any value in taking them because I think it's gonna be a very close game. I think Georgia Tech plays a one through. They switch between a one through one and a matchup two three. Um, they also have a great big down low and Moses Wright, who's really going to compete. Um, I think that game is going to be awesome. I think that's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Yeah. And then our final game, uh, Texas, Abilene Christian. Um, you know, all I've been hearing all week is how Abilene Christian is going to win this game. They're number one in defenses of efficiency. Um, and I really like Texas to make a deep run and maybe even beat Alabama. I have Texas um, for a half unit to win it all. I have three teams in the East actually to win it all, but uh, what do you think? We're gonna see that uh, 
Evelyn Christian's from Southland Conference, aren't they? Yeah. So the same same conference as SFA. When we know it, Stephen F. Austin did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to play a very um, interesting style, and I think it's going to be a very close game. So I think it's going to be a great one to watch. It's actually one that I'm pretty nervous about because Texas is kind of a um, heavy money line that I took in two or three of my long shot parlays. I'm hoping that that's one of my locks. And now looking back at it, I told TJ today, I said I'm not sure that is a lock. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about it either. Um, Last thing I forgot to mention in our futures, I'm taking Oregon for a final four run plus 2,500. I think I forgot to mention this. I think you mentioned I think you're just so excited to talk about Oregon. I think it's crazy. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, I did mention it. Uh, Like I said, we've done this like 187 times today, so the the times are getting a little scrambled up in my head. Uh, You know, we apologize for any of the mistakes we made during the podcast today. It is going to be getting better day by day, effort by effort. Uh, we do have a Twitter. It's at Red Hot Takes. The uh, O in hot is a zero. So just follow us on there. We're going to be posting videos and clips of the podcast once we get a camera set up in here. And uh, enjoy. And let's go win some fucking money. <laughs>